You're listening to Very Loose Women. Good evening, listeners. You are listening to Very Loose Women on Resonance 104.4 FM. In the studio with me is Esther Soiler, Beth, Engineer John, and also our very special guest today, Elena. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. Um, so just before we talk about Elena's work, we're going to be doing, as every week, celebrations and frustrations. And I have a feeling that Soiler should kick us off. <laughs> I'm glad you've come to me first. I'm going to celebrate. It's my birthday this week. Woo! Party! I know. Yeah, it's on Sunday for everyone who wants to send me a message on Twitter at Soyless Says. That's S-O-I-L-A-S-A-Y-S. Yeah. You did that. <laughs> Thank you. That's the message is going to flood through now. Happy birthday to you, Soyla. Thank you. I actually won't be here on Sunday, so I'm really sorry. <laughs> oh, say it now. I don't mind. Beth? Um, celebration. Um, I just had quite a productive day, so I'm happy with that. Good. A gentle one. Yeah. We're all pleased to hear that. Mm. Esther. Um, I had I, I had a really good banana. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, so. I know it sounds like it's nothing, but you know when it's good. It's so hit and miss. Was, it, so was it sweet? Was it um it was just, ripe enough? Was yeah, it... it wasn't too green because I get there's nothing worse than a slightly chewy banana. Mm. God, yeah. And then if it's too mush, there's something like that genuinely makes you feel like <laughs> I'm gonna die. <laughs> Like when if you, any like, yeah, give, like, I'm like, what? I can't. <laughs> really? You just got to fast through, haven't you? Yeah. You've got to yeah. Pretend you're enjoying it. So many lessons from bananas. <laughs> yeah, because if it's super mushy, make a banana loaf. <laughs> Maybe not if you're like at work. You know, I wouldn't. Yeah, practically, it's very difficult. You can't to get do. that home, can you? Without your Tupperware. Yeah, you're so right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Elena, <laughs> so celebration or frustration? Well, I'm really happy that this is like the time to buy bulbs of tulips so i'm going to be planting those and lovely so wholesome so my uh celebration is not a celebration it's a frustration i work just next to camden market not super relevant to the story but i was buying lunch uh, at one of the stalls and i got my card out and the chip had fallen out what? So I had to use my backup card. I've never heard of a chip falling off of the... <sighs> yeah, yeah, so I called my bank and people Livid. people can use the chip to pay for stuff, apparently, if they're, like, super clever. So they had to cancel my card. I'm leaving on Saturday, and if it doesn't come in time, then I am going to be in a tricky situation. Mm. Not impossible, but tricky. You're going on holidays. You are coming back for our listeners who got worried oh, then. Oh, yeah. yes. No, I'm not leaving indefinitely. <laughs> I am going away for a scheduled amount of time. I don't think US immigration would be very delighted if I was going away indefinitely. I think mm. they take very badly to that. Mm. Anyway, uh, today we're going to be talking about Elena's work. And so I actually received an email from you uh, and it went direct into my spam inbox. And I was going through it all. <laughs> and <laughs> Colour. Um, relevant to the story. Um, and it... it sort of struck my sort of story antennae a little just because it mentioned LGBT people and Lithuania and two of those things I'm very interested in one because I'm bisexual in a same-sex relationship and two because I recently visited Lithuania so um, before we get into that in the film that you made can you tell us a bit about your background and your journey into filmmaking okay so um I live in London for the past six years. I'm from Lithuania and I've been working in advertising for four years. And then I felt I want to do documentary and I used to do some journalism before before advertising. So it kind of 
did that and eventually I got an offer to do some make some films for Lithuanian national broadcast uh, because I live in London so there are some interesting topics we can cover here so this was my kind of journey to that point where I was making stories so this summer we were filming a lot of different topics human rights topics um, interesting characters artists and various things so one of the things that you messaged me about, well, the main thing was your documentary Spalvos. So could you, it's, did I pronounce that correctly? Yes, Obviously I'm not fluent in Lithuanian. True. I think we all know that. I mean, you, you yeah. did it right. Oh, thank you. Um, so can you tell me a bit about what this documentary was? How does it fit into topics that you cover and what, what was it about? So Spalvos is the name, it means colors in English. And it's the name of the cycle, the season of our documentaries is 12 episodes. So it's about mainly about LGBT issues because I feel it's like hugely unrepresented in Lithuania and there's like almost zero media attention to these issues and also um also other topics like human rights topics and um interesting people like artists who live there we touch topics like nationality immigration because there are a lot of people from Lithuania living in United Kingdom and we kind of try to understand their lives for example this performance artist who has been living here throughout his life and he doesn't know how to speak Lithuanian but he's Lithuanian so now he came back to live in Lithuania and we kind of followed his journey of preparing and coming back and kind of doing this. So in term, terms of the, the documentary about um, gay dads, can you tell us a bit about that? So one of the topics was about gay dads. Last year I was filming a story about same-sex families in Lithuania. It was about women and I really wanted to interview male couples. Um, but I couldn't find anyone who was willing to speak last year because people felt they might be attacked or like um, get into uncomfortable situations if they speak uh, publicly about their living situation. So I decided to film uh, a few families in UK and I found really lovely people, David Gregory Kumar, BBC journalist in Birmingham, and also a family in um, London, uh, Matthias and Jano, and um, I just did a story about their journey through surrogacy because it's also something I'm really interested in. I'm interested in um, surrogacy and like egg donations and like this parenthood types. The different paths that people can take. Yeah, yeah so this was like a story about that and um, the national broadcaster approved the, this topic. And very soon, um, we got a homophobic protest groups um, protesting against our episode. Our so I, I watched it, and I should say that it's very wholesome. <laughs> um, it talks. It's basically the the bit that I saw because it was uh, in English. One of the stories, the journalist, he speaks. He's with his kid most of the time. So like, he's with a two year old. I don't know actually if she's two, but I assume so. One um, and a half, yeah. <laughs> one and a half. Um, and he he's just talking about his path to becoming a father, um, his couple, and there are lots of toys, and he stops her, like, toppling over the camera a few times. Like, it's very wholesome. I just feel like we need to put this in context for when you say this next bit. Yeah, so it's just, like, nice story about his family journey. And 
Um, it was received really well by young mothers and people who are interested in family lives. And like we have this group who is protesting against. But it's okay if someone wants to protest this freedom of speech. But what happens then it's suddenly we find out there's a, like a law in Lithuania, minors protection law, uh, that protects minors from seeing same-sex families. And this is where media has to be limited. And the issue with this law is sometimes it can be applied and sometimes you can pass. So it's, um, last year I was, doing, I was making a film about same-sex families and I didn't know about this law. But this year, because it was national broadcaster and like taxpayers' money is like paid for the work, um, we got into the situation where our episode had to be discussed by the government, by committee, and as as if it's um, harming minors. So so it was a big process and quite uncomfortable because we had by the time we got the. Um, ruling the outcomes of the committee. We had to remove all the LGBT content from our trailers. We had to postpone our other episodes. For example, um, we have other stories that touches the topics. So, yeah. And um, in terms of the people protesting, what would you say the sort of numbers were? What? How, like, were there people physically on the streets or were they sending letters? Like, what was the... I, I think um, the committee got, like, 15, 20 letters, but the I, I, I wouldn't say how many people were in the protest. I think it's, like, 50, 60 people. Yeah. Um, and what what is the sort of reception meant for your work? What does that meant? Like, the fact that there were people protesting it, but also that it eventually carried through. What does that mean for like the future of your work for that? Or not specifically for that broadcaster, actually, just in general? Well, I think most of all, it introduced me to different opinions because I live in London and I'm not familiar with that much of opposing opinions to my work. And it was new to me. I saw online groups that were t discussing me and my work, uh, questioning my personal life. Also, they made some clips where they are playing my like episode about gay dads and smashing it with a camera. And it was really like aggressive and I felt like this is interesting. And also I'm here, not there, so I wasn't feeling threatened or anything. But at the same time, we got a lot of support, a lot of attention um, from both journalists, from people, from we got 28,000 views for us, a growing documentary series. It was a lot. And I think it's great because people are talking about it. And, and it's growing. You then went on to create a petition. As oh well. yeah, so I felt like like a lot of people shared my post about the situation because I felt like oh I have to cancel all these episodes I have to do something I feel really annoyed. This I is while you were under investigation or your yeah work was, yeah, yeah this is when I emailed you I yeah. was like I will email everyone about yeah. this it's unfair and. Um, yeah. Sorry. What's the question? Oh, sorry. So you made a petition. Oh, uh, yeah. What, what, like, what was what was that for, and what happened? So we decided, as we have so much attention, to make this a petition that 
addresses the law that so many people want the law to be removed because Lithuania is the only country in European Union that has this minors protection law that kind of limits the freedom of speech and representation for LGBT community, which means like by this law, you say that people... Uh, kids in school are like harmed by seeing or knowing about homosexual people. This is like really awful and embarrassing for us to have this law. So we had this petition that people can sign and say that we want this to have a bit more of attention and be changed. So 11,000, almost 11,000 people signed this by this time. You mentioned that a lot of people shared your post and that's a lot of signatures on that petition, so well done for that. Have you mostly found that it's been support in Lithuania, Lithuania, sorry, or has it been support outside as well, or has it been a mix? Well, like, it was mostly supported in Lithuania by, like, younger people, progressive communities, but also I would say like people who are Lithuanian and live abroad, they were like really, really interested in this topic. They felt this is so unfair and they want to be involved and have a say in this. So I think that's important. Just to put it into perspective, in the UK, uh, we had Section 28, uh, which was a, an act governing local authorities that they couldn't put any money to, and this is a quote, intentionally promote homosexuality or publish material with the intention of promoting homosexuality. And at that time, um, schools were under the uh, auspices of, of local authorities, which meant that teachers couldn't mention homosexuality in the classroom. This was this ended in 2000, but between 1988 and 2000, there was at least, and that, and that covers the time when I was growing up and I was in the UK partly, um, you couldn't hear in school a teacher speaking about being gay. So it wasn't, now it's, I feel it's quite present. I've I've spoken in schools. There was even, uh, like, I mean, I've, I would train to be a teacher. I mean, um, there was even a board of, of famous gay celebrities. That would have been something that is that was illegal when I was growing up. So, I mean, you know, we're quick to judge, I think, other countries. But in these developments in the UK have been, like, very recent. Gay marriage is very recent. Um uh, I went to Lithuania a couple of years ago with my partner and we noticed like a few, we were we were watching out, we're never quite sure in new situations, like how comfortable we should be. So we'll hold hands if we forget, but we'll try not to. We had like a second look from our Airbnb host when she asked us if we wanted two single duvets or a double duvet. So there was like, there. I mean, it wasn't, I didn't feel that that was offensive in, a, in any way, but there was a sort of curiosity there of like, this is quite unusual what's going on um so that sort of you you seem to know quite a lot about the lgbt community in lithuania what what do you feel more broadly beyond my three days in vilnius is the treatment of lgbt people in lithuania there, there's like a sort of there there are different groups obviously um of how they're treated but there's a community there i think your insight was very kind of true and um yeah people do People who are from LGBT community have to have this like way of living, like being kind of low key, because a lot of people like it used to be more, more, much more aggressive, masculine, homophobic in the 90s. And now it's like it's illegal to have like disc discriminate um, um, gay people and LGBT community. But there is no other laws in 15 years since we are in Europe Union that would 
protect not protect but but would give any rights to lgbt people like no no marriage no adoption rights mm-hmm. no civil partnership no nothing like there's no way to form your partnership so i think today people are quite like most people are polite and kind of know the language we learn how not to talk aggressively but from what you experience this like looks or anything this is what is happening and i think this is because a lot of people are on the fence and feel like they can have like an like the human rights in this case is like a matter of opinion like that this is like your opinion it's your opinion that same sex marriage should be illegal so as long as we have a discussion and like this kind of illiteracy of human rights mm-hmm. this like this passive aggressive i don't know sense in the air that like it's okay you're not like attacked or commented but you, you have a looks mm-hmm. will happen what do you think um would could change the on the fence thing what do you think could kind of i guess the change that needs to happen to encourage people to i guess support advocate i don't know that what what needs to happen I actually I'm thinking about this a lot because I don't have a straight answer. I was thinking to film a documentary about like homophobia and what actually triggers people to kind of smash TVs and do that. Like I I have no idea why these people are like so aggressive because these people who were really aggressive they were talking about traditional family and how like the, these shows are promoting different family and harming the traditional family poor kids or something like that and it was like if you are so much into family life because this is another thing like pro natalist kind of sense that everybody has to have kids mm-hmm. like if you are so much into it why are you not into more more kids having families or more kids mm-hmm. being born like this is like so interesting for me so i thought like maybe i should investigate it but then i feel like this like i i'm not sure if documentary can affect people to change their mind i think um maybe strict outspoken people who are not toler- like bystanding and tolerating the kind of mild comments or something like that because i feel a lot of this happening like people are afraid to i don't know lose i don't know conversation with the let's say opposing but like homophobes basically mm-hmm. to what to to not be able to communicate with them anymore like i don't know like politeness be, like it's like i don't know like journalists are afraid maybe to take a stand and write like the right thing which i believe is like supporting human rights and they're like taking the stand that this is something they can be objective mm. like quote show both sides <laughs> yeah it's like what you were saying before that there's human rights and there's not having human rights like freedom yeah. of speech yeah. like this law is affecting freedom of speech mm. and human rights and like you i don't believe you should be like i don't know objective about this this is like mm. one one thing you can see and like i don't yeah Um I wanted to ask everyone here if they'd ever seen a film or read a book or something where you saw it and you were like, "Oh, I was wrong about that." And it sort of changed your mind or it opened your mind up to something you hadn't really thought about. Beth, do you want to start us yeah, off on that? Yeah, I was talking earlier about a documentary that I watched quite a few years ago now, so I don't remember all the details, but it was called If a Tree Falls and it was about this 
um, environmental activism group called the Earth Liberation Front and um, it kind of followed them on their protests as it kind of snowballed and it became um, something that kind of started quite small and then became like a series of protests and then eventually action and it kind of um, just showed you that journey but it really made me think about kind of like the environment and environmental activism like before it was as much of a big deal as it is now um, and yeah I think documentaries can be really powerful in changing your mind and like helping to educate you on something definitely. So Ellie, you're nodding along. I, I really agree with um, the power of documentaries and um, of uh, it's not necessarily entertainment but um, films and in-depth books and articles which kind of go into these things and how they can help people change their minds. I know lots of people who watch Cowspiracy, for example, um, talk about how that changed them in terms of thinking about their eating habits. Um, and I think the only way which has helped me to, I don't know, maybe change my opinion or to learn something that I didn't know about a community and things like that has been through films and documentaries and even stories which maybe are um not real life stories but do represent the real life stories of um do you know what i mean so they're not kind yeah. of like um filming but here's a here's a story that someone wrote down and it happened to them and we've yeah. turned it into a drama kind of thing um but you know there's lots of power in that and it really touches you and um i yeah i think there's tremendous power in the work that you do thank you <laughs> around around the time of the Panama Papers I applied to do a degree in investigative journalism so I think I don't, that that wasn't like a film as such but it was mm. what was going on in the media I think I can be very influenced of like these are a group of people like the ICIJ who are immediately I saw it changing the way people view the world and how the world is structured mm. i.e. through offshore money which mm. is now something that I've like spent a long time looking at since that time so I've definitely it's definitely like sparked an interest and I think it gives you a different perspective on things as well because we're always being presented with this narrative um that is filtered like we get a lot of our news from like quite a small amount of sources and then suddenly a filmmaker who who could be someone who's from that place or give offering a really unique perspective that you haven't thought about before could give you a completely different view on a topic that you might have think that you know really well and have seen a thousand times. Mm. There are also documentaries that I just watch because I love watching documentaries about cults, but <laughs> that's yeah. a different matter. <laughs> I just like sherbet, like more, more. It's, it's it's not it's not healthy for anyone. Anyway, I have to sign off now. Um, that's it for Very Loose Women. Thank you for listening, Elena. Thank you so much for coming on and speaking thank about you your for work. Having me. Is there any links or where people can find you on social media or um, messages? Yeah, well, we just started this small Facebook account, Eastern Media, where we will be putting our episodes because they are mostly in English. So if you want to find us, you can find. Great. Us Follow these films on Eastern Media, um, and thank you all for joining. Thank you, John, for engineering. Uh, this is Resonance. 104.4 FM. Next up is Club Integral. Uh, listen to all our shows on all of the podcasting apps, including Spotify and iTunes. Apple Podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there you go. And um, we're going to sign off to the Pet Shop Boys. <laughs>